What are the three key questions for fantasy football surrounding the 2023 Los Angeles Rams? It's time to break down that team right here and right now as we begin another edition of Locked On Fantasy Football. You are Locked On Fantasy, your daily NFL fantasy podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Greetings, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Locked On Fantasy Football Podcast. As usual, I'm your host, Vinny Iron. When I'm not doing this, I'm writing about NFL and fantasy football for SportingNews.com. It is the quiet time in the NFL as we transition from the old mini camp OTA grind to the break before training camp and the preseason arrive. So we want to catch you up on all 32 teams, how we do that here on the show Ask the three key questions. We're almost done with the NFC. We've got three more teams to go. They're all in the NFC West. We looked at the Arizona Cardinals on our previous show. Now we're going to look at the Los Angeles Rams. And, of course, around the corner, the San Francisco 49ers, Seattle Seahawks. Then we'll start and do this uh, go east to west with the AFC team starting there, of course, with the Buffalo Bills. So a lot of good stuff coming up as well. So we're almost halfway through this series of the key questions, but – Still three more teams to get to. We'll do that this week, and we will focus on the Rams today. Thanks again for making Locked On Fantasy Football your first listen today. We're free and available wherever you get your podcasts. We're part of Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, your fantasy football team every day. All right, there's one key question we want to start with on the Rams. Is Cooper Cup still an elite wide receiver one? Now, he's getting a little older, and that is a concern. He is coming off a second injury-riddled season after his monster breakout to elite all-time fantasy football season status here in 2021. So let's look at the numbers. He was wide receiver 24, even when you take out all the games he missed. So he was the last wide receiver two in 12-team leagues and half-point PPR when you do that. However, his average scoring was still wide receiver one ahead of Justin Jefferson. So Jefferson ended up being the better draft pick as a wide receiver because he was durable and available for a longer part of the season, ended up as the highest scoring wide receiver overall. But in terms of average points per game and half point PPR, you definitely had the wide receiver one on the board right now. Cooper Cup is the wide receiver three right there in the top tier with Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase, these elite receivers that are still on the board for fantasy football so well let's look at the rams 114 vacated targets last year cooper cup maintained that high target share 32 percent around there a little bit more than 31 percent pretty good numbers when you look at them overall i mean yeah 75 catches 812 yards 70 TDs, even with the time missed we look at the projections they were still pretty darn good last year he would have been there, right there for 17 game season, 142 receptions off massive volume, pushing 200, 1,534 receiving yards. That's solid, fantastic. 13 TDs. When you look at the big year in 2021, where he almost got 2,000 yards receiving, 145 catches, so a difference of three with the pace, 
1947, that was the number that he posted yardage-wise, so definitely a big disparity there. He was on a higher clip, but that's a hard clip to duplicate for any receiver. And look at the touchdowns. He was right there looking at 13, where he had 16 there in the half-point PPR to add up and uh, be solid numbers and 96 more points to put on his total there in 2021. So if he had stayed healthy, there's definitely a argument that Cooper Cup would have finished as a wide receiver one on the board with his production in half-point PPR for two consecutive seasons. He kind of gets that title because he averaged that many points. So unofficially there, when we look at what they have with the vacated targets, Allen Robinson, really 92 of ineffective targets. He was on the field, but really didn't do too much on the lineup there. You had Daryl Henderson on the backfield. So that's the other source of them, 22. So not a lot there. When you look at uh, their rankings here, you have uh, Cooper Cup still ranked pretty high at wide receiver three. We have Van Jefferson down at wide receiver 76. Puka Nakua, their rookie, 113. Tutu Atwell, 121. And Ben Skoranek, 125. This is what they have behind Cooper Cup. Now, look, it's not going to change the fact that Cup all of a sudden gets double teamed and triple teamed. He's already seen that, right? Teams try to take him out of the game, but the Rams with Sean McVay, who's still the coach and the schemer here, do a great job of scheming him open. So Cup is still going to be the guy. He's also going to dominate volume. Why would Matthew Stafford coming back from an injury really trust anyone else all that much other than Tyler Higby behind Cooper Cup. There's just not a lot that you would trust here. So Jefferson, Nakua, Atwell, Skoranek, this is one of the worst receiving cores that you look complimentary-wise without Robinson. Robinson is a huge disappointment. It's not like they lose much there, and those will be distributed. So there are 92 targets there that are going to go around those guys. But Nakua is probably going to get some of those. Here you'd figure the mix. Atwell being a little bit more involved. And then in the backfield, you figure those are going to be distributed a little bit between Zach Evans, the rookie running back, and Cam Akers, their starting running back. So not a lot to distribute there either. So when you look at it, there's some potential. But if he gets up to 32% target share, in Cooper Cup, we know can dominate short to immediate routes. He can be a top scorer here. It doesn't matter what Matthew Stafford's arm is, right? If it's not strong, then you're going to see a lot of Cooper Cup shorter passes and rack up receptions there for half and full point PPR. You're going to look at him still at the red zone situation. He's a very good short area red zone touchdown receiver. We know that. So if Rams get that opportunity, maybe a few of those, but still looking at a ticket to double digit touchdowns once more for Cooper Cup. So overall, I mean, there's not a lot to say there's going to be deviation from Cooper Cup. The only thing you can point to is, look, he's a little older, a little bit more wear and tear, another injury that he battled through. But we know he's a smooth technician. He keeps himself in impeccable shape. He's got great speed and quickness on top of the route running and smart, savvy, knows how to get open. Again, the Rams also do a great job of putting him in position to get open inside or outside. So and Cooper Cup is just too darn good to drop too low. Now, we thought it might be a little bit of slide season. The biggest thing we were concerned was durability, and that did come into factor last year. But again, even if that was the case, he wasn't a total bust. He was still very usable as a wide receiver one for as long as he was healthy and still gave you overall wide receiver two production, even with that missed time. So all that points to saying Cooper Cup, don't overthink it too much. He's a clear dominant number one on a team that's going to throw and rely upon him a lot in relation to the rest of the receivers. So there's that. He's going to get fed the ball with high volume from a quarterback who trusts him and is going through his own struggles in terms of arms and interceptions. So he's going to be more security blanket type with Cup, the way that Jared Goff was early in his connection with Cup as well. And those can add up to really nice numbers here. But 
Also, you factor in the Rams defense and Ankh is good, so maybe a little bit more passing volume there that goes through Cooper Cup and helps his production. So really high in Cooper Cup. So yes, he can bounce back as an elite wide receiver one this year. Now, we're not as uh, optimistic about Matthew Stafford. He'll be the guy that we explore in our second segment here on Locked On Fantasy Football. Look, we're waiting for football season because there's a lot of great action. We know with uh, sports books and uh, betting with that. But in the meantime, uh, baseball is in full swing and a good place to get in on the action as we head toward the all-star break is FanDuel's no better place that you'll find with America's number one sports way because right now new customers can get a no sweat first bet of $1,000. That's right. $1,000 back in bonus bets. If your first bet doesn't win, all you have to do is go to FanDuel.com slash on today. Really, I love getting to the NFL action, but MLB is also interesting. You look at the pitchers on the mound, their history against teams. You look at the runs and the teams playing well. Their hitters are, have a particular vibe against a particular opponent. You're going to feel it on some of these games. And you can also look at the runs scored in games if a couple bets are struggling here. You can look at under with that, over on runs if you're looking at the two pitchers that are just kind of clashing here made for a slugfest with a lot of scoring. So there's a lot of different ways to approach it. The game itself teams is a nice way to get into the action while we wait for the NFL. So don't miss on your chance to snag a no sweat first bet up for $1,000. When you join FanDuel today, just go to FanDuel.com slash lockdown to sign up. FanDuel official partner of major league baseball, proud sponsor here of lockdown fantasy football, major league baseball trademarks used with permission. All right, it is uh, time to continue the show here on Locked On Fantasy Football. We're asking you three key questions about the 2020 Los Angeles Rams, trying to answer them for you for fantasy football as best we can. Now we're up to the next question. Is Matthew Stafford done? Are we going to get anything out from him anymore? What does he have left in the tank? All of the above we want answered. Well, let's look at where we finished with Matthew Stafford last year. QB 32 overall scoring way below the QB twos. QB 33 in terms of average scoring, so well out of that. Not even in the starters spot here in terms of production where you look at reality and 32 starters in the league. And then QB 28 is his ranking. So no one feels like Matthew Stafford is a draftable or usable commodity anymore as a quarterback in fantasy football. This is kind of crazy, right? That all of a sudden we're pushing guys side that a couple of years ago had 40 touchdown passes, played well, won a Super Bowl ring, but he's shot up the interceptions and the touchdowns we know have been variant and it hasn't been consistent. And the thing with Matthew Stafford is that volume has gone down a little bit, plus the reality of his arm. He's 35, 36 years old. That's going to fade. He's a big arm dependent guy. He's not going to give you anything running. Really, if you look at it beyond 2021 when he had the 40 TDs, Four out of the past five years, he's finished well out of QB1 status. That's transitioning from the Lions to the Rams. He's had the various injuries there that have kept him out of action. He contemplated retirement. I'm not sure how invested he is in the season. He already has his ring here and just limited weapons. Like, where do the numbers come after Cooper Cup and Tyler Higby? There's no guy that you can put up numbers. There's no Odell Beckham Jr. or Robert Woods type there to pick up the slack. I mean, unless you feel Van Jefferson's going to really explode. You also see a potential run-heavy offense as the Rams try to protect their defense, protect Stafford, set up the downfield passing of the Cup. So the volume uh, that may come with trailing and the Rams not being as good maybe kind of tapered a bit by them deciding to run and realize they have to grind out games that way. So 
there's going to be games where they take out of Stafford's hands. He's a struggle with the interception again. Four out of the past five years, he's finished out of QB1 range. Now he's uh, in for free fall. Again, he's a passing, purely passing dependent. He's a pocket passing dependent quarterback. He's not going to give you much. He needs his arm strength to throw downfield. So I just don't like it. I'm trying to find where the numbers are going to come that you feel good about, where I'm trying to see, okay, are the touchdowns going to be significantly more than interceptions? Are they going to be like a 15-15 situation or a 20-20 situation? I don't know exactly. I'm not sure how healthy he is to make all these starts here for the Rams. So I have no idea what you're going to get from Matthew Stafford. I just don't feel great about it. It's just not a place you need to go. There's just so many guys with upside. There are those dual threat quarterbacks. There's a lot of passers that you feel a little bit better about, like Kenny Pickett that would have some appeal. Even a Sam Howell in an upside offense with some passing weapons you'd feel better about. So there's so many quarterbacks that you'll consider. You look at Anthony Richardson. If he starts, you look at Desmond Ritter has some running ability. Stafford may not have appeal any more than those guys. So really not looking good for Matthew Stafford. So I don't expect a Stafford rebound. I expect the decline to continue. You just too many signs of it. You just suddenly can't get back your fastball once it's gone here. And again, the numbers just can't add up to something we're looking for in relevancy in fantasy football. And the numbers would also say where he's ranked well outside the QB twos that we're not even looking at him as a very acceptable, interesting streamer, right? He's too shaky even for that because he's volatile with the turnovers there. So, Stafford has been a good run, but I would expect this will be his final season in the NFL, really. I think I think he'll take a lot of lumps here. Again, there's no re- reason to go beyond this. They just need to put Stafford out there for veteran presence, really didn't have other quarterback options. So look for the Rams to move on and mutually part ways here with Stafford. After a good run, got them the Super Bowl, was worth that blockbuster trade, moving Jared Goff to the Lions. But other than that, uh, they got limited returns, I think, overall with Stafford here, and I'm not sure. With their defense that year, they could have probably won with Goff, given how they got to the Super Bowl with Goff and just ran to the Patriots and fell short there. So, again, Stafford reality fantasy-wise, we'll see where he lands, but a bit overrated player in reality and now a fading player in fantasy as well. All right, our final key question will be about Cam Akers and the Rams' backfield. How much can you trust Cam Akers? We'll get into that in our final segment. Thanks again for making Locked On Fantasy Football your first today. We're free and available wherever you get your podcasts. It's your fantasy team every day. We're part of Locked On Podcast Network. Every day, that means we will look at the San Francisco 49ers on the next show. Yep, very intriguing team. Definitely a big quarterback injury question of its own there. Running back, uh, looking steadily with Christian McCaffrey, but we're looking for rebound there with Debo Samuel. So that team will be in depth, the rival of the Rams, breaking down them, the 49ers for you on the next show. All right, it is time to uh, look at our final key question with the 2023 Los Angeles Rams. And will they get a fine jam from Cam with the Rams? Can Cam Akers be trusted here? as a running back where we look at reliable, consistent production. Now let's look at where Cam Akers was last year, 201 carries, 786 rushing yards, seven TDs, RB 33 in half point PPR. So finish more as a flex play. When you look at the overall scoring RB 37, even worse than that in terms of average scoring in half point PPR, he's ranked however as RB 21, considering him an RB two solid option here. So, why are the numbers so high for Cam Akers, despite the disappointing season last year, extremely disappointing when we thought he was going to be the man to get the opportunities. The Rams just didn't open it up for him as much. 
But notably, there's no more Daryl Henderson. They didn't bring him back. 88 gallon carries from this team. You also have another 18 from Malcolm Brown. Behind Cam Akers returns Kyron Williams. They had Zach Evans in the draft, a pretty good receiver. And you had Ronnie Rivers still on the roster here. So when you look at that, I mean, they are thinking about being a run-heavy team. So that's something to look at. They ran 41% of the time, but in those big years with Todd Gurley, 2017-18, when they didn't really have that reliable passing game and were transitioning into this more wide-open offense here that now Stafford unlocked the potential with his arm when his arm was working, they're running 44% of the time. So a little bit of bump and maybe the run ability for Akers. Look, if they didn't trust Akers all that much, I think they would invest a little bit more than Zach Evans. I do like Evans as a receiver, underrated compact power back, but really they move Henderson and Brown. Kyron Williams, they have some buzz on and are hopeful that he can do something here, but we've seen this before with other guys, John Kelly and the like. It hasn't quite materialized, so we'll see what happens here with Kyron Williams, but big opportunity for him behind Cam Akers. He would be the handcuff of choice if you're really looking to scrape the bottom of the barrel here over Zach Evans and Ronnie Rivers at this point. So they plan to make him the high-volume back, the centerpiece of what they want to do. Their offensive line is better at run blocking than pass protection at this point. They, again, don't have a lot of passing weapons to throw downfield. Stafford has a shaky arm. What other better way to protect the quarterback than to run off into the Cam Akers, dump it off to Akers? You know he's a versatile running back as well. So that's why I think that's a fair ranking here at RB21. This is a, considering a big jump, but that is a significant number target uh, work here with Henderson 70 gone and again you add Malcolm out when you add those two 88 opportunities here between those two guys being gone again Kyron still has to prove himself quite a bit here Zach Evans is a rookie he might have to trust himself in pass protection to get the trust of the coaching staff there so they're definitely feeling acres as a workhorse that's all the intention but we've seen Sean McVay use this coach speak before really comes down to acres doing two things Staying healthy, living up to those expectations, and also producing. So first, he has to stay healthy. Second, he has to produce to justify the words of Sean McVay here. But again, you read between the lines a little bit. There's not a lot of depth except returning guys that are there. Evans, we'll see how quickly they work in the mix beyond a handful of touches here. But definitely the opportunities combined are there for Cam Akers to have a decent year. I'm not going to go overboard. I think it's fair to put him near the bottom of the RB2s and half-point PPR. That's where you should go because, again, you want to hedge your bets a little bit. You're not going to go in and say, I want to invest in Cam Akers and I want a piece of Kyron Williams. I don't think you want to be too going forward to this backfield, but I think you can get decent RB2 value. Just don't look for big-to-big numbers. It could be a bit inconsistent where he has a few big games and some uh, – down games as well. I don't think you'll see some steady production from Akers just because the volatility in nature of the Rams offense and playing some good defenses in the division. But overall, I look at Cam Akers being reliable at least at that RB2 line here this season as good as it can get here with someone's role when you factor in injuries and other issues that may arise. I think that's fair to say that Cam Akers is right where he should be. I wouldn't say I fully trust him, but I can believe in him at that spot and not higher than that. So don't uh, bang the table and say, okay, Cam Akers, I'm going to target of the drafts. But if he's there as an RB2 and you haven't addressed that position and you're, he's in need, maybe after you round out wide receiver one and tight end or quarterback and splurge there, that's where you could go here for Cam Akers 
in your draft. So there you have it. There's a look at the 2023 Los Angeles Rams with three key questions involving Cooper Cup, Matthew Stafford, and Cam Akers. We will uh, do the same, breaking things down for the 49ers. We'll look at Christian McCaffrey, their quarterback situation, and Debo Samuel in our next show. And, of course, Seattle, another intriguing offense. So a lot of good offensive stuff to talk about in the NFC West as we're breaking down all the teams. So we're almost done with the entire, see, 14 teams down, two more to go, 16 there to get us halfway through the league and then 16 more as we go west and finally go back to east here with the AFC. So looking forward to that as well here on Locked On Fantasy Football. For Locked On Fantasy Football, this has been Vinny Iyer. Have a great rest of your day and uh, check us out tomorrow as we break down the NFC runner-up, San Francisco 49.